Well, babe, we did it. We wrote a book. Yeah, man, it's it's actually surreal to even think about uh, that we wrote a book, had a baby, got married, not necessarily in that order. <laughs> <laughs> but the book is now available yeah. for pre-order, and we're so excited to share it with you. Oh, so looking forward to getting this book into your hands, to be in dialogue and conversation with all of you as we continue to liberate love from old imprints and codependent dynamics that keep us small, stuck, and stagnant. Yeah, you know, no matter your relationship status, this book walks you through what shaped you, why do you do what you do in relationship. It dives deep into your relationship blueprint, attachment styles, and most importantly, which is different than every other book that's ever covered codependency in the past, we explore the role of the nervous system in that. And the book is called Liberated Love. Yeah. Release your codependent patterns and create the love you desire. Go to createthelove.com slash liberated love to order your copy now. That's createthelove.com slash liberated love and get that pre-order in and you'll be able to get a free download of a meditation we created and a workbook that goes along with it. Much love and appreciation for your support. Much love. Thank you. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to another episode of the Mark Groves Podcast. You know, in the last uh, couple weeks, we have not only stayed within the top thousand podcasts of the whole United States, which is pretty crazy, we have hovered and stayed in the top 500 for a little bit. And that, to me, I feel like that's a pretty big milestone. You know, I'm not getting featured on the new and noteworthy, despite all the amazing reviews that we've received, the five stars and just the written reviews. And I really appreciate it if you've already taken the time to do that. And if you haven't, if you can go give this a five-star review, go give it a written review wherever you listen to it and subscribe. If you love the content, subscribe and of course share it because I love it when people share it and tag me on Instagram and other people get to see it. And I've had so many messages of just how people have serendipitously found this podcast and it's helped change their life. And you know, at the where we've gone in the direction this week with the interview is really bringing it back to where my path in this work really started. When my engagement ended when I was 27, I looked back at my life and just where I was. I felt so disconnected from who I was. And I asked myself, when did this happen? How did this happen? And when did I lose me? When was the last time I even had me, could grasp some sense of self. And I looked back and I realized that I'd had, I'd avoided all the hard conversations in my life. You know, I swept things under the carpet and I was so afraid of actually saying how I feel or standing in the truth of what I actually wanted. I was sort of, you know, as I previously said in other episodes, sort of living someone else's story, a story that we so commonly live and are taught is the right story, not allowing our own story to unfold. And I think in a lot of ways, we wake up in a relationship in that state. And of course, navigating our way out of that or through that, because it doesn't always have to be out, you know, is challenging because sometimes it means relationships ending and other times it means both people within the relationship being invited to expansion, being invited to really look at the roles they've chosen and the stories they've chosen. And I remember after 
the breakup being at a friend's wedding and staying in a hotel. And I was reading this book called Man's Search for Meaning. And it was, for those of you that don't know the book, it's considered, you know, by most lists, one of the top five books to read in your lifetime. And I never thought about existentialism, like, why am I on this planet? You know, and Viktor Frankl is a, I believe, a psychotherapist or a psychiatrist. I can't remember which one. Um, But he was in Nazi concentration camps. And he wrote about how, just how when man has a why, they can get through any what. And, you know, I remember hearing this quote, "To, to live is to suffer, but to survive is to find meaning in your suffering. And I never thought about why I was on this planet. What was the purpose of my life? What was the meaning of my life? I thought I was really just an organism, a mammal that was here to live a life and then you die. And I realized as I got to the depths of my own feelings and, you know, when you lose yourself, you give this opportunity to build who you truly are, to give birth to who you truly are. And that is such an adventure, this relationship to what is greater than us. You know, I grew up Catholic, so I didn't have in my adult life, I really rejected a lot of the, you know, the premises or the dogma doctrines that Catholicism was built upon because I didn't feel like it was compassionate and open um, to all people. And that didn't actually sit congruent with me. And I really rejected organized religion in that sense. And in a lot of ways, I do reject the um, extremism of all organized religions. I really believe that there is a sense of compassion and kindness that we should share to all people. And I, you know, my mom grew up Irish Catholic. She's from Dublin. And my dad was divorced before my mom. And my grandma did not come to my mom and dad's marriage because she didn't believe that a divorced man was a good man because her religion had taught her that, you know, divorce is and, you know, wrong. And so she didn't support my mom's marriage and didn't come to what at least at that time was probably one of the most important days of a young woman's life and a young man's. And that really broke my heart when I heard that because I don't think that you should ever choose a religion over love, over being there for someone who's going through something challenging. I've had friends who've lost their families because they got divorced. I've had friends who've lost their families because of their sexual orientation. I am not okay with that. I I don't believe that that's choosing love. But I also have compassion for the fact that someone probably taught them that and also excluded their authenticity. And that's two opposing poles to hold. One, not agreeing vehemently in some sense with someone's view, but also holding a space of being able to love them, even if that means from a distance. And I talk a lot about that compassion is not tolerance. You can be compassionate and empathic for someone, but that does not mean that you tolerate or approve of their behavior. So my journey to rediscovering my relationship to God, um, the word God was hard for me, to relate to without being triggered by it, rejecting it, because I hadn't healed. I think it's an ongoing healing. But it was really this journey back to spirituality, that getting to know yourself, getting to love yourself, and the more you see and accept the humanity and the mistakes within yourself, the more you turn towards your shame, the more you can do that for other people. 
And the less that you are capable of consciously hurting people, of course, unconsciously, we're going to make mistakes and we're going to hurt people. And even consciously, we might have to set a boundary or leave a relationship or call someone forward into a relationship. And that actually means pain for them, but that doesn't cause us to sway from the truth of ourselves, from the truth of our alignment. I'm so blessed that the guest this week is a really good friend um, and mentor to my partner, Kylie, and her name is Anahata Ananda. And Anahata is a beautiful, wise soul, and I really wanted to explore with her the relationship we have with spirituality, with something that is greater than us, and how do we begin that journey. And if you're someone who's sort of... um, afraid of or doesn't like spiritual language or is like, oh, that's hippy-dippy, go have another puff of the chiba, you know? Go have a little more weed there, buddy. Um, that's okay. But I invite you to listen. I invite you to explore this subject because, hey, there might be something that resonates because I could tell you that 27-year-old me reading a book <laughs> after a breakup would not have been ready for that book before I might have rejected the thought of it, but I think there's such an opportunity to just take what you need and leave what you don't. And that's the beauty of all learning. And before I do that, I get asked a lot what is, uh, before I lead you into the podcast, um, I get asked a lot what is the best books I've ever read, you know, speaking of Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And one of the other books that I absolutely love is the book Eight Dates by the Gottmans. And I've begun to cultivate and curate this online environment, this membership site, uh, which is called High Tide. That's the actual app's name. But it's the Create the Love community where there's added stuff. Like we we have weekly exercises, community conversations, and all these different things. And one of the things that I really wanted to do was create a book club. And so we're going to do the eight dates from the Gottman's book. The book is exceptional. It's research-based. And if you don't know the Godmans, they're like the godfather and godmother of relationship research. You'll probably know some of their work from like the book, Malcolm Gladwell's book, Blink, that they can predict someone's divorce, that a couple will get divorced just by listening to three minutes of their conversation. And that is with over 80% accuracy. So this is the type of research these two have. And the book is eight essential conversations that all couples need to have to you know, create and curate a successful relationship. So here's what we're going to do. Kai and I are actually going to go on the dates and then do bi-weekly videos about that. There's going to be a Q&A at the end of the book club with me. And there's also going to be uh, access to a question and answer with the authors. So it's pretty amazing, pretty jam-packed. You'll get the content. It's an app where you follow a calendar and you'll get content dripped to you weekly. And We're going to go on this adventure. I'm super excited because the book club just, let's be honest, I love nerding out on relational things. So if you want to have a community and also dive into a book, it's $28 per four weeks. So $28 a month. It starts August 19th. And all you got to do is go to bit.ly, so bit.ly, so bit.ly slash create the book club. Pretty simple. bit.ly slash create the book club. You'll be joining my online environment, the community. And at the end of the two months, you can just stop, cancel, so that you're not part of it anymore if you don't want to. But let me tell you, it's going to be an amazing experience in the community. It's a lot of fun. I think it's so important that we surround ourselves with other people who want to love the way we love and want to learn the way we learn. 
It'll be a, an awesome opportunity to surround yourself with people who are like you and expanders, people who are thinking the way you want to think. And we ask tough questions and we really have great conversations. So that is going to be amazing. So bit.ly slash create the book club. Can't wait to see you there. And without further ado, here is Anahata Ananda. Well, welcome to the Mark Rose podcast, Anahata Ananda. I love your name, by the way. It has like a beat to it. Lots of A's. <laughs> it does. It's got a lot of syllables. Do you ever get a nickname? On a hot stuff, on a hot tub, on a hot ma. <laughs> Anything on a hottie. Hot. <laughs> I love that. I love that. As someone who comes from a family of uh, nickname creators, my dad is famous for it. I can appreciate a good nickname. Anna, on a hot tub is really <laughs> That's what does auto correct when I'm on my phone and I'm text auto, you know, uh, auto, audible texting and, you know, Siri will correct it as on a hot tub. And I'm like, depending on who I'll say, blah, 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 love on a hot tub. And it says love on a hot tub. And I'll check, Hey, who's that going to like, yeah, yeah. Send it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that'll be a fine sign off. That works. <laughs> well, I'm excited to have you here because you know, so much of our relationship is I, at least in my experience, um, dictated or changed compared to our relationship to what is beyond us or what is within us, depending on the context of that. And I won't, I, what I love about the work you do is often the subject of spirituality can become sort of esoteric and in a way, um, not accessible to a regular person who might be, we just have so many triggers when it comes to religion because of history, you know, because of like someone mentions God. I know my relationship to the word God, because I grew up Catholic, was not, it was charged. Yeah. It's taken time. And I'd say still an ongoing um, experience that I had. I felt much more comfortable using words like the universe or something like that. Um, but yeah, so welcome. I'm so grateful that you're here. Thank you. I, ha I had the opportunity to spend time with you and Kai uh, and Kylie up in Vancouver, and it's just such a blast and such a deep soul connection and really respect the work that you're doing and also that she's doing and the synergy of where our work intersects to really inspire, empower, uplift, inform, you know, the human experience so that it can be just a little bit more graceful and at least a comedy. You know? Yes, oh my gosh. You <laughs> At know, least entertaining. Because you can't deny that the bullshit we do and the stuff that happens isn't funny. It, it, I mean, you're like, really? I'm doing that again still? Like, I'm, not, I'm not 16. I'm, I'm not eight. I'm really? I'm, I'm acting like a three-year-old right now? Yes, I think the journey of consciousness and evolution is a process of, of being gentle with ourselves, being honest with ourselves, and being um, humorous at the same time and also holding ourselves to a higher standard that we know we're all capable of we know yes. we can we we know we don't have to have the emotional maturity of a 13 year old in adult relationship we know that there are that you know a six-year-old doesn't have to be making our food choices mm -hmm. you know there there we know that just because there's been patterns and habits doesn't mean they have to continue and I appreciate Amen. that your your podcast is about radical honesty and evolution. And that's exactly what my healing practice is here in Sedona. Yeah. So tell us a little more about that. When, when you're looking at someone's relationship to spirituality, yeah. because that 
feels like even saying it feels like this uh this big thing if we're if we're just touching it you know so when someone starts to step into this idea of spirituality because i work with a lot of people who will say like uh I don't know what being connected to someone greater than me, even what are you talking? And I don't know what to do here. And I'm like, okay, well I'll do a podcast with someone who knows what to do. (laughs) You know, I think a lot of, a lot of people that are landing in my healing practice here are having a spiritual crisis and they don't know it. What does that mean? Like what would be a spiritual crisis? So, you know, any human wake up call, yeah. It's really your soul knocking on the door to say, hey, are you ready to remember who you are? Mm, are you yes. ready to put down the mask, to put down the wall? Are you ready to begin? Because sometimes we kind of have this, just perhaps, Mark, we kind of know coming into the body that we're coming here to do something. Yeah. Just perhaps, maybe let's just play around with that idea that yeah. perhaps when we're part of the universe, let's just say, and we're part of consciousness before we come into a body, before we come into the human experience. And we want to make things better here, or we want to learn something, heal something, evolve something, fix some karma, whatever that is, you know, and everybody might explain that differently. Yeah. But, you know, I think we make a soul contract. You know, I think we all have these, these soul contracts that say, you know what, I might go asleep, I might forget, I might sedate, um, I might deny my calling, my purpose, my divine, uh, you know, path, but when I'm ready, the environment will be such to wake me up. So that might be an overdose for some people. That yeah. might be a divorce. That might be, oh, I'm not going to pray to a higher power or or ask for guidance until I have cancer, you know. And so. Um, a lot of times when we're in deep pain and on our knees and, and, you know, it doesn't have to come to that, but usually we're not hearing, you know, we're too stubborn or too busy or too arrogant to hear the gentle knocks from the universe on the door, which is really just our soul calling that we've already agreed to, mm. inviting us to wake up and stand up and start walking our truth. And so sometimes because we get so attached to our ego, our identity, our story, our habits, our sedation, our denial of that that we have to go, you know, really deep into that unconsciousness and, and deep into, you know, what I call just, you know, go, going underground for a little while. I'm just going to, yeah. I'm going to turn it all off. I'm going to turn all the truth off and I'm going to go explore, <laughs> you know. Uh, That's, I'm going to find myself in dance clubs. I mean, you can explore your truth, your untruth in a yeah. lot of great, there's a lot of places that are just designed to do that. That's part of it is to know what it isn't. <laughs> is just as important to be a drunk idiot in a bar, you know, sleeping around and then, you know, coming around to that eventually they're saying, is this really the right thing? Is this really who I am? We can get yeah. lost in our success. We can get lost in a relationship. We can get lost in our physiology. We can get lost in um, money. We can get lost in lots of ways. And the universe is going to keep in universe, God, consciousness, spirit, whatever you call it is going to keep inviting you back to the truth. And, and so when that wake up call happens, it can be a little wake up knock and we can be like, okay, I'm ready to listen to it. Or it can be a two by four, which is totally optional. You know, (laughs) I've, um, I've actually opted for the two by four. The dump truck truck has hit me a couple of times, but now I'm, I am awake to the awareness that it knocks. That's evolution. 
and that I should have answered the knock before, but I didn't <laughs> because I needed the bigger message. But I, I love that sort of evol- the evolution of <laughs> is there and it can simply begin with, hmm. Right. The awareness. It, it is, it is a, it's a maturation, <laughs> an evolution of the awareness that, huh, maybe this pattern isn't working any longer. Yeah. Yeah, and and in your relationship, you know, you know, one of your, one of your one of the patterns that I I know you speak about a lot is the pattern of choosing somebody that doesn't choose you, yeah. and so that is part of the awakening process to awaken back to self worth and self love. That's the third chakra, which is the solar plexus about personal identity and value, not being determined by somebody outside of me, and the heart, self love, and loving self not being determined by somebody loving me back or not. So we're talking about a level of empowered sovereignty, which is really a spiritual journey. And yeah. that doesn't mean we're going to church or, or, or praying or any of that. It's, it's really about understanding, embracing, and remembering and bringing back online your own divinity. Yeah, I love that. This invitation back. This Because when I think about what is our greatest crisis probably not only just in relationship but it's definitely true um but the crisis of how we face everything in life i think for men especially it's things like health we don't go to the doctor till we have to you know um and i'm generalizing of course but we don't but then we wait for the truth we can't ignore which i think is how we often do everything which is we are so afraid to turn towards the truth and i suppose and in the truth, of course, is responsibility. And in responsibility, you have compassion and in compassion. And in that space and grace, you can change yourself and you can change the world. And I, I think that that's that space where if we could just turn towards it, which I guess would be turning, is that in essence, turning towards soul, turning towards the call? Yeah. And it's also just really turning towards yourself because the truth is all of those other pathways are just moving away from self and moving away from truth. And so it's the journey back. Mm. And when we journey back, we also get to reconcile, oh shit, I made a big mess over here. (laughs) Or, you know, like, wow, I was a dickhead or I was a a hoe or whatever. And so (laughs) in that journey back to truth, we also, you know, two, two two pieces that I think are radically important in that being able to come back into wholeness and integrate those disparate part of, parts of us that we, that were, you know, lost in a trauma or given away in a disempowering relationship or dynamic or, um, you know, whatever the story is, that two things are really happening. One, I need to reconcile and be accountable for the messes that I've made during my slumber, I'll just Mm -hmm. call it, during that time when my consciousness was dormant and I was, you know, drunk or sleeping around or, you know, acting hurtful or being arrogant or greedy, whatever, that in that time there is a gentle, compassionate reckoning to be accountable for the messes that we've made and to be gentle and compassionate with ourselves in the process so that we can forgive you know, which is kind of a Christ, a Jesus kind of thing, that statement, forgive they forgive them for they know not what they do. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really a religious person, but I will tell you that statement helps me forgive myself and forgive others when my humanness is going to stand in a grudge and no way are you going to get forgiveness from me because you were a jerk. 
yeah. or you hurt me. Um, and it will withhold forgiveness for myself. And so when I hear that statement, which is quite Christ-like, which is also just coming from the cosmic realm of truth, yeah. forgive them for they know not what they do, is, is to be, you know, coming into that place of forgiveness because, wow, I, and I also get to include myself in that. That says, wow, I didn't know how to handle myself better. I didn't know how to handle my problems without sedating, blaming, ignoring, or bullying. I didn't know. And so we get to reconcile that. And we also get to really be gentle with the wounding that happened in that process. Mm, yes, you know? I agree for both parties, for all parties. Yeah. We often are looking to reconcile with the other, but we don't often do the he, the forgiveness of self. Is that, is that fair? Mm-hmm. Because the guilt, which is also a very lovely Catholic thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It says, if you're Irish Catholic or just Catholic in general, you have that on that's steroids. Like coffee. That's yeah. like your beer, you know, right now. It's amazing. feels so great. And so I think, and, and actually during our visit, we were talking about bypassing, about, oh, well, my parents or that person that acted that way did the best they could. And that is coming from a more conscious place when we're actually using, if we're using chakras, the, the third eye to see the bigger picture. Oh, well, my dad didn't know any better or my girlfriend didn't know any better. You know, whoever, whatever you're, whatever you're dealing with there, whoever your transgressor is, but you know what? Neither did you or neither did I, we didn't yeah. know any better. And, and we don't, we don't want to in that making it all nice and nice and healing to really heal is to also hold space for the wounding. It said, yeah, and that hurt, whether that was physical abuse, emotional abuse, betrayal, whether that was abandonment, whether I was on the receiving end or giving that end of that, it hurt. And part mm -hmm. of coming back online is not sedating those emotions that we have stuffed in the corner for maybe decades. Yeah, I see what you're saying. In the, I think in that learning too can, you know, because often we think compassion or forgiveness is sort of saying it's hard to equate because we often think it means um, what they did was okay, but it's not saying what they did was okay. It's saying, I forgive you for what happened and it was painful just accepting that truth or whatever, or I did and I, it was painful for you. Um, but that other side is often the learning is also the boundary, the, 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 you can be compassionate and it doesn't mean you're tolerating. And I think for a lot of people who've been in abusive relationships or, or just tolerated uh, gaslighting, breadcrumb, and all the different millennial terms for dating, mm -hmm. <laughs> zombieing or <laughs> benching, benching. I, that's a new one I heard, um, where you throw them on a bench like a team member oh. and you pull them out when you oh. need. Yeah, you call them in. So all of those different things, um, having compassion for why someone might ghost or zombie, but not tolerating that shit. And that's the call to the soul that says, we don't, we, you've ignored when I've told you to save yourself. You've ignored when I've told you no more bullshit. Right. And that goes back to the solar plexus coming online. The third mm. chakra that is said, Hey, I matter and I'm worthy. And I have that. This is where the fire element comes in to be able to say no and to have discernment about what is supporting me and what is not. And that's when, that's when 
the pattern breaks, whether it's the pattern with alcohol yeah. or it's the pattern with somebody that is not emotionally available or whether it's the pattern with dating, um, dating people that hurt you or that aren't right for you is that that solar plexus is starting to mature that says no. First of all, it is not okay. So that is also about the throat chakra saying no and saying, no, I'm not taking this call. Yeah. I'm going to block you. Hey, I have compassion for hey, yo. what your capacity is in this moment that as an addict or as, a, as, as somebody that is not emotionally well or just on your own journey that you don't have the capacity to show up in this way respecting me. It's my responsibility to do that, but I also have to learn how to say no. And that's that throat chakra that says, no, this is not okay for this behavior to continue. And most of that has to do with a clear boundary because the other person is just doing what they've always done. They're <laughs> yeah, just doing right? what they've always done. What and guess what? It works if I keep saying yes. If it, it works with somebody that doesn't respect themselves. It works for somebody that doesn't say no. It works for somebody that doesn't value their emotional um, safety that doesn't have boundaries. That's perfect to enable that kind of behavior. And that's the perfect teacher for somebody that you're going to attract over and over and over again until the solar plexus matures and says, no, I value. And now we're going to talk a little bit about the second chakra, which is our emotional body and our inner child. And that has to get. Where is that in your body? Just so like for people listening, just so you, they, they're like chakra. Yeah. What? So the second is uh, right beneath the belly button. It's our belly. It's our soft center. Uh -huh. You know, we don't have any bones to protect that. And okay. that's where you know that's all the sexual organs, and it's all of our emotional body, and our our innocence sits there. Our sexuality, our sensitivity, our creativity, our inner child sits there. And so, if we don't mature in our relationships then we have children deciding, you know, our, our, we have a child deciding what is safe for our inner child. We want a mature adult saying, hey, then being discerning, hey, this kind of behavior, this kind of person, this kind of substance is not safe for my inner child. And, and so hmm. that, that, that means that we're going to be maturing and allowing an adult to be making those decisions and no longer a 13-year-old or a 6-year-old making decisions for the safety of your emotional body and your inner child. Hell can yeah. Can hear an A? Yeah, I like <laughs> yeah. Can we get an A? Men, woman, A. A, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to see there's that part of the patriarchy living in religion. Right? Amen. Um, okay, I wasn't saying that to celebrate anyway, so just so we know. Um, okay, so getting back to this so i know that a lot of the the conversations we had before and the work that you do is also looking at how do some of these dysfunctions or uh challenges let's call them challenges um or patterns that are not helpful uh that are really every time you get hurt by one of these patterns you're being knocked on by the universe waiting till you're gonna hit rock bottom if you don't pay attention so hey everybody you don't have to wait to wake up. You can wake up right now. There could be something in this podcast that makes you you just go, huh, and then there's something there. So how might these things show up in, in your physical body? Uh, if you're not paying attention, where do they go? But where do they start? So when you said the heart, I instantly sort of thought like, is anxiety correlated to that? 
feeling of like not knowing or or knowing but not paying attention, not being honoring yourself, like that kind of stuff. All of these patterns will have an emotional and physical and an energetic correlation. So um, somebody dear to me is going for a quadruple bypass. You know, that's no surprise because at a deep heart level, his heart has been broken many times. And so uh, it's, it's not uncommon at all. When I was stuffing a lot of my um, emotions, not speaking up, not saying no, not having clear boundaries, protecting my aggressors out of fear of, of, of you know, not wanting to harm them, I got thyroid issues, throat chakra, wow. you know? And so the knocks are going to happen. And if I were to just ask those people listening, what doesn't quite feel right? What doesn't quite feel right? And sometimes that might be the answer, my hip or my neck. Like there's a pain that I'm not paying attention to. Something about my nervous system, maybe it's a physical, physiological answer that something doesn't quite feel right. Maybe it's anxiety. Maybe it's an ache. Maybe there's some condition happening. Something doesn't quite feel right. Then I would also ask, in your emotional body, what doesn't quite feel right? Is there sadness? Is there anger? Is there fear? Is there some emotional, is there grief that has been knocking on the door that we just have been putting under the carpet or just kind of sedating with, we have so many choices to sedate with now. We can sedate with electronics. We can sedate with social media. We can sedate with food, alcohol, pot, you know, work, money, Vanity, we can. We got, we got lots, lots to choose of different from. Ways. So, yeah. my question would be: Where in your emotional body does something not quite feel right? Maybe a wound or a feeling that never got addressed or healed, or has never had a safe space to process. Because sometimes we have a loss, and we don't have a safe space to process it. Whether that's a relationship loss, or a friend loss, or a family member, or a loved one death. And, and we don't have the support or we don't know how to process it. So it just gets shoved. And that when we hold those emotions in, it's going to start affecting our immune system and the ability for our body to function because a part of us is in fight or flight because we're wounded and we actually haven't been healed. Nature, in nature, we see an animal when they're wounded, they don't go out for the hunt. They go in a cave. They may fast and they let the heat, the wound heal. And mm-hmm. um, they might eat certain things or not eat certain things to allow it to heal. As humans, we don't do that. We've got wounds all over the place and we're just walking zombies. And, and <laughs> like, we'll just go to McDonald's. Yeah, you know, so. or whatever. Um, and, um, or yoga. And, and, and still yeah. not deal with the emotional wounds. And then also I would ask, and so what we're doing right now is actually going through the, the chakras. How is my physical body and my health? That's kind of more at the, at the base root level. How's my emotional health? You know, how am I feeling? And the third is more about, well, do I feel confident? Am I in fear or am I in faith in, in certain parts of my life? You know, am I showing up? Am I really embodied? Do I know who I am? Or am I allowing 
my social media, Instagram, or the way other people perceive me to determine my value and my worth. And so these questions are all about understanding where there might be some distortions there, where there might be some lies, some patterns or beliefs that aren't true, or some wounding that hasn't really been healed, and we're just kind of band-aid, band-aid, band-aid. And so I would ask, is there a deeper wound or a deeper feeling or a deeper truth that you've been masking? And if you were to just step back away from everyday busyness and to just ask yourself, what am I really needing to face right now? Whether that's a physiological thing, a financial thing, an emotional thing, if that's I'm not valuing myself at work, um, and or where am I not loving myself? Then we go up into the heart. Where am I holding resentment and I'm not forgiving myself or another person? Up to the fifth chakra, the throat. Where am I not speaking my truth? Where am I stuffing my feelings and I'm not bringing this up to my partner? I'm not. I'm not expressing my truth at work or with my mother, and really be honest about where am I hiding my truth and what is the cost what are the what are the consequences right now the signals that i'm getting that something's not quite right because we're getting clues all the time oh my we gosh. just don't take the time mark to, to to stop and listen and give them a space of inquiry well it's like in that moment like huh and then we pick up our phone cuz we're so uncomfortable with the knock from the universe and it's it's just really fascinating to watch that we are all on some, I feel like there's so much collective feeling right now. Like we are feeling more than we ever have. And you look at the evolution of humans, like at some point we had a conscious thought and that separated us from uh, other animals is that what I mean by that is our instinct. We made a choice that's beyond just instinct and that really separated us. But I feel like now, you know, different than hey, we should go hunt because I feel hungry. And that's, but then to talk about hunting and then to talk about how you feel about going out in the cold, you know, or whatever it was. But we're at this place now, at least I feel like it's it's true, where we like feel the impact of not only, we're feeling on a much higher level, the impact of our choices and the inherited choices that we have. And when and, we're not being honest with how we're feeling about it, that's the cost then we're going to start feeling that cost in emotional avoidance. We're going to start feeling that cost in sedating. We're going to start feeling that cost in self-destructive choices or causing conflict yeah. in relationships because we're not at ease and at peace inside. And what, what, what happens, what I find is interesting is, is in this journey of awakening, then we start to become more accountable for each of these energy centers of our body. And yeah. we're not in relationship, in the most codependent relationships, the pattern that I've seen, which I'm sure you've seen as well, is that when I'm out of balance or not feeling supported or loved or worthy, um, or I'm having this emotional tsunami, I place that right on the shoulders of my partner as it's their responsibility to fix me, to love me, to validate me, hold space for me, to support me, heal me, see me, love me, and show me the way. And that's really the role of God, creator, source, spirit, universe, your higher self, whatever you want to call that. That's really 
that responsibility lies with your direct relationship to a higher power that has the capacity to do that. Your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your lover, whoever, that is beyond their capacity, you know, capacity to shoulder such an immense burden of being unconditionally loving without, you know, and beyond humans capacity to, to not have uh, their own filter, their own wounding, their own um, agenda. <laughs> yeah, they're sitting over there you like, know? I got my own stuff. Yeah, what do you exactly? That's interesting. Right? Cause you think about it, like what you're saying is essentially we make our partner, our God. And then of course, how could our partner, Ever not so. If your partner is ever like nothing, I ever do is enough. It's yeah, true. Because you made them God, <laughs> of course. They're like, have you tried maybe like going to your own church? I don't mean no one has to go to an actual institution, but like I love what you're saying that the relationship that we seek from them, we're really seeking from a connection with ourselves and whatever that higher. Because I think we get lost in the complexity or the enormity of the thought of universe, God, <laughs> spirit when it can actually start with um, relationship to self, which is relationship to soul, which is relationship to exactly. God. And that's where relationships create a lot of chaos and drama. And we covered this when you're on my podcast, we've covered a lot of relationship chaos and drama, which is the source of a lot of relational conflict because I'm not being accountable for my for my emotional healing, for my self-worth, for my self-love, and for speaking truth and making changes in my life and evolving, if I place that squarely on your shoulders as my partner, and I value, I see our relationship as, if you love me, you'll do this. Now, now I'm being conditional. And when you don't show up, guess what? I'm going to withhold my love from you. Now I'm conditional with the love that I'm giving you because it's going to be beyond your capacity at times to be able to provide space for my emotional healing. At times you'll be able to do that, but at times you'll be stressed. You'll have your own challenges. You're going to be having your own triggers and your own agendas sometimes in the way, which doesn't mean you don't love me. And I think we, a lot of people will pick fights with their partner saying, well, you don't love me because the reality is you're not enabling me in these ways in which I'm not <laughs> taking accountability for myself and I'm blaming you. And so now we're getting into a very enmeshed codependency. So when I work with individuals and couples, I start to identify, hey, where are you not, where are you ignoring something in your physical, emotional, energetic, um, your truth, your love, and your spiritual bodies? Where are you stagnating? Where is something stuck? Where are you avoiding? And let's focus on that. And and not reach over and put that burden on your partner's shoulders to do that for you. And that doesn't mean we aren't still going through our process in relationship. We just don't, we take accountability for the chaos in our life and we don't blame our partner for it. And if I'm doing my work, Mark, if I'm doing my emotional healing, if I'm inquiring with what's happening and I'm taking the steps to correct, if I'm spending time quietly with my higher self, my soul, God creator source for guidance, for love, for healing perspective, for compassion, for strength, for those qualities that we often look for in a partner, if yeah. I'm bringing those into myself and learning how to embody those more, then I can bring those into the relationship instead of expecting my partner to bring those for me. Mm, yeah, you end up as 
two whole people. Right. Or works in process. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, I think that's the part we need to continue the grace to continue to grow and the grace to watch your partner grow. I know when Kylie and I have separately been in life's washing machine at different times. (laughs) um, One thing that was important, I think, at least in our expansion was expressing that as I was going through something that it wasn't about the relationship. It was about my own stuff. And what I needed from her was to just be there and express to me if she had needs or wants or anything that I was affecting by my trans, what I was going through, because I do think we, you know, and then observing when she goes through that, just that same level of communication is to say, this isn't about you. This is about me. And I still choose you and I still love you, but I need, I need like to go to Sedona. I need to go to, I just need, for me, it's a lot of like, I need to go to the forest and I need to spend time. I need to go hike. And I know I need that because there's some sort of call to the trees for me always. That's like when I, when I feel out of balance, I like will be dreaming and lusting for trees, which sounds really well, that's weird, your but church, it's better honey. than that's, that's your church, you know, and, and like uh, trees can give us a sermon. Trees can tell us how to be uh, grounded. Trees can tell us how to stand tall and not lean on other trees. Trees can tell us how to keep ascending and growing. There's a lot of lessons in nature and yeah. in life that can serve the part of our spiritual um, lessons or guide guidance. You know, I too, like I sit with a mountain, show me how to be strong and how not to let the wind or you know, somebody else's emotions push me over. How do I stand in my truth and be solid? And, and I think one of the things that uh, I appreciate you saying about when you're in, in, a, in a relationship and one or both of you is going through the washing machine of chaos and you're getting tumbled around is that as partners, we also get to practice holding space for what might be triggered when our partner is pulling away and they're, Maybe they're not as communicative. Maybe they're not as joyful. Maybe they're a little passive aggressive because they're going through a thing. And giving them the space to do that is as much as our capacity can be, you know, um, because sometimes we still might want our needs met. And so we also get to sit in our own process with now they're not emotionally available for me because they're going through my process. Now I get to honor my emotions and not make their process about me and hold space for my own triggers, my fears. Wow. They might leave me. You know, how long is this going to take? When am I, when am I going to get sex again? <laughs> and, and those are all <laughs> valid things, things to communicate. You know? you know, those are important to communicate. <laughs> Um, because even that thyroid, right, <laughs> the hiding of the voice that actually is saying like, hey, I'm over here and I'm scared. I need you. I need this. And uh, you're right. There's such I love this intersection of spirituality with right. um, relational patterns of being able to recognize that when one and I know you when we've spoken privately, we talk a lot about this individuating yes. that like as one partner is individuating and learning more about themselves, which I think happens a lot because of relationship, you feel like you've lost yourself, especially for women who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, their kids leave, and all of a sudden they're like, who am I, what's my identity? And I think that's just true from the patriarchy that there's this inherited model of like, 
I lost me. I never had me. And a lot of times, you know, a lot of times when I look at people that are landing here in the, in, in my, the shamanjelic healing practice, there was never identity. You know, it was, I was identified by, I was a football player. I was identified by my success, my value, my worth. I was defined by my abuse, my, my parents' divorce. And, you know, all of these labels and we take these masks, these these roles, you mean like, like you are this because, and so you carry like a U-Haul with you, don't you? (laughs) Right. And this is in the adulting process. (laughs) There's a truck that follows you everywhere. And the truth is anybody, any of us in adult relationships, we're all bringing our U-Hauls. It's not just a suitcase. It's a U-Haul. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah it is. And it's a, you said some of it won't be ours, right? I remember you saying that in our private conversation yeah. of like, some of the bags aren't yours. Right. And so that's part of the you healing of like, wait I a second, I'm not responsible for my dad's choices. Well, I'm mm. not responsible for my sister's insecurity. I'm not responsible for that thing that I took on thinking that it was my fault that my parents divorced or my fault that he cheated. And so we also, because we don't know any better, we also have taken on a lot that isn't ours. And Where's that mostly? That Is that sits, third? Actually, it actually sits way down in the emotional body. And that's why so many people have digestive issues because we're trying to digest energies that aren't ours, karmas that are not ours, indiscretions, betrayals, judgments, opinions that are not ours that we took on and we're still holding them in our body. And at some point we say, you know what? I don't have to hold this any longer. I'm letting this go. And a lot of times that's the process of exchanging, holding this density of feeling responsible for a sibling's addiction of saying, you know what, I'm not responsible for his addiction. Mm -hmm. What I am responsible is how I respond to it because I can respond to it with judgment, anger, resentment, or I can respond to it with compassion and acceptance. Not that I agree with what you're doing, kind of what we were saying earlier. It's not okay. I don't agree with it, but I respect your right to choose that, which might be to sedate longer because you're not ready to wake up. And I get to, this is what we're doing there, which is part of the spiritual awakening is opening that third eye that sees the bigger picture that sedating or abuse or acting out or being emotionally unavailable or ghosting or not communicating or, you know, having an affair is all an indication of what's happening in the emotional and energetic body that we're not handling very well, that we don't have the tools. So it's we're not- being expressed in all yes. these different ways of avoiding. Right? And that way, that- the third eye helps us to see the bigger picture. Oh, that's why he's still addicted. Oh, that's why he's not emotionally available. Oh, that's why she's hoeing around. Oh, I get it. Hoeing. hoeing around. That was a word, hoeing. <laughs> I feel like you must have had some 90s influence <laughs> with that one. <laughs> you so. know, and so part of uh, the healing is to open that the third eye because a lot of times we're looking at a very intense experience through a straw mark thinking that that's the whole picture and the third Mm -hmm. eye when we start to evolve when we start to grow we start to elevate our consciousness and we close our human eyes to see a bigger picture that says oh my soul attracted this person this is a classroom for me to learn 
my lesson. This is uh, the opportunity for me to be tested to how I can do this differently than I've done in the past or to test my will, my truth, my voice, my value, my self-worth. And for me to claim my path and my and individuate from this pattern. And so I have the third eye would help us to see, oh, this is happening for a reason. I couldn't have learned this lesson without this person playing the betrayer. I couldn't have learned this lesson without this sister bringing it to the forefront for me to look at. And it helps us to move out of the victim and see the that we're all working through challenges. None of us are so righteous that we're not, you know, working through a lesson or dealing with a transgression that has harmed ourselves or others, you know? Yeah, I think that's that massive transition that really is when you actually decide to accept whatever call or even that mean acknowledge a feeling, because I think that's the same thing as accepting the call, is you are in that moment then I felt, I felt in my experience was I all of a sudden saw a Rolodex of all the times I did wrong and all the times in my life where I hurt people or I allowed myself to be hurt or where I let my hurt hurt people. And I didn't stay awake to it. I wanted to then, okay, I'll just hoe around. (laughs) I'll, I'll I'll just eroticize my pain. I don't know how to handle my pain. So I'll associate orgasm with pain. And that is a way of, of uh, you can get stuck there very easily. And so for me, it became this like, if I accept what's true, then I have to accept this whole timeline that's true. So if I take responsibility now, then I now have to take responsibility for everything I've never wanted to take responsibility for, including my hurt and then my response to my pain that hurt other people. Right. That's consciousness. That is, that's yeah, and, and I think what has happened for me, um, and I want to explain this just for anyone listening, if that feels true for you, what happened for me is, is was the greatest freedom, but it was also the most courageous decision I ever made because then I couldn't just, you know, I couldn't like speak in a way that disrespected women or just people in general, or I could I was all of a sudden responsible for every freaking cell's function and every word that came out of my mouth. And that felt like an immense responsibility and at the same time, like the greatest freedom I've ever felt in my life to say, I can't hurt you because if I hurt you, I hurt exactly. me. Exactly. That's. I never thought that way at 20. Right? I was we, like, if I have a shot of tequila and yeah, do this, right? This good. is what everybody's doing and I get socially rewarded for it. That's the other yeah, thing is we yeah, also get to, we get to be compassionate for the programming that reinforced a lot of unconscious behaviors that says when you're in pain, you just sedate. And when you get broken <laughs> Let's up Let's go to with, the club. You, we'll you all know, be in pain and go yeah, to the club. Uh, you know, or when somebody breaks up with you, you bash them, you know, and it's like, we, this is, these are the things, patterns that we learned. And so what you're talking about this process is the solar plexus coming into a mature integrity that says as a man, as a woman, that says ahimsa, nonviolence, that I don't, you know, and that's part of being in integrity and honesty and accountable for our energy and, and having the mature adulting individuation that says, you know what, I hurt you and I'm sorry. And it's, and we can say it's because of this or it's because of that. We can validate that and it's whatever, but it's just like I'm coming to this place where I'm realizing that because of my pain and I, my choices, I hurt you in this way and I'm sorry. And 
this is kind of like the whole, you know, process of the 12 steps with alcoholism and, and, you know, an AA. And I think it's valid for everybody that says, hey, where have I hurt somebody in my process? You don't have to be a drunk to have hurt people. You could just be human to have hurt people. We've all done yeah, it. And you will. That's part of being an adult. And even if you are uh, conscious and responsible for your choices and your behaviors, likely your choosing to be responsible will mean having right. to hurt people. Well, and that could just be a boundary, which is not your responsibility, For their, emotion. their response to your right. boundary, which is different, which is that's that individuation. Right. You know, I think that's the fascinating thing is as you individuate, even within relationship, which is going to happen, especially if you start out codependent, which is most right. people, because that's what we inherited. Right. I mean, the patriarchy is codependence. Right. Relationships were formed to be codependent in order to survive. But now we have this need for individual self-expression that threatens attachment right. often. And biologically, attachment wins, but it doesn't have to, you know, and I think that's that fascinating thing where if I individuate, you now are invited to individuate and you might think I'm leaving you, but I'm actually beside you and we're creating a space between the two of us, which actually creates attraction, which actually creates desire. I don't want to bang somebody who I blame for losing myself. I want to hook up with someone who respects that I am an individual and they're an individual. And I think that's that weird transition right. it, and, it, and it's 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 exciting it's uncomfortable i want to read something to to you and your listeners because i i love this this quote i came across years ago and it goes like this dear human you've got it all wrong you didn't come here to master unconditional love that is where you came from and that is where you'll return you came here to learn personal love Universal love, messy love, sweaty love, crazy love, broken love, whole love, infused with divinity, lived through the grace of stumbling, demonstrated through the beauty of messing up often. You didn't come here to be perfect. You already are. You came here to be gorgeously human, flawed and fabulous, and then to rise again into your remembering. Mm. I just, I love that because we can think, you know, our journey is to become more unconditionally loving. What you're talking about in that individuation within relationship and being accountable for is, is becoming more unconditionally loving. That says, I can love myself for all of my flaws. We're, we're moving towards that when we're on the conscious mm. path. And it won't be perfect. It'll be ugly. It'll be unpredictable. And, and <laughs> if we expect our partners to be, you know, 100% unconditionally loving, we've missed the opportunity to experience human love. And, and if we keep filling our cup up, and that's where spirituality comes in to help us with our healing, to help us with what it feels like to feel safe, what it feels like to be okay, whether my partner individuates to the point where we're no longer together, that I'm okay. Mm. And that I learn how to support myself, take care of myself, to honor my emotions and move my energy in a way that doesn't harm others, but inspires others, that we're in integrity, that we are 
more in love as we can, as, as best we can be with self and others, that we express our truth as, as best we can, that we see when we can access it, the bigger picture of what's happening, and that we can stay connected to some higher purpose that drives us, allows us to be more graceful and loving in relationship, whether it's relationship with your parents or a past you know, trauma, you know, an ex, um, a sibling that you feel a little ten tense with at times, with a colleague that just feels like sticky, um, or with somebody that keeps triggering you or with your partner, that spiritual connection is really just the accountability to keep doing your own work, rising above and coming back to compassion and love for yourself and others and doing the best you can. Cause it's going to be messy, unpredictable <laughs> and, 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 and not always graceful. And, and that's, it's okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It often isn't <laughs> graceful. <laughs> You know, and I think that's the, as you were saying, I love that um, quote that you were reading because in it, I just thought like, man, if we let go of all these, um, the prison that we hold ourselves in of, of mistakes, of choices, the shame, you know, the guilt, all those things. And, and really looking at, cause I think for me, that was very much like the relationship to religion that I was taught was if you make a mistake, you'll go to hell. If, and someone outside of you will decide that, God, who is a man, you know, as opposed to when I just sat into this feeling, I remember doing this exercise where for the day you needed to focus on seeing everybody as if you were seeing them through the eyes of Christ. Okay. And that was a really interesting, because it was so easy for me to access, but I, it, where it was like, I was on a plane actually when I started doing it, I was reading it in a book on it while I was on a plane. And I remember looking around me and, you know, on a plane, it's easy to get triggered. Like someone drops a fart and all of a sudden I'm in that chamber that is basically their colon. And I remember just being like, I mean, they might have a lactose intolerance. Like I'm, I feel compassion through the eyes of Christ, through the nose of Mark in the eyes of Christ. I find compassion for you. But it was this really cool experience. This is where we're doing, we're, we're living life in both realms at the same time where we're honoring our human experience, where we're getting triggered or we're a little, little afraid that our partner might leave us or we don't want to you know, deal with our own wounds. And so we, we get to feel the and witness with compassion you know, our human experience. And we also get to see the bigger picture of it from this more conscious lens and conscious perspective. And it's cultivating witness of, of the whole process. And we're going to vacillate between both realms at different times. We're going to be all up in the human experience and we're not going to be able to access, you know, you're going to be in that judgment place with a partner, with somebody next to you on the plane, yeah. with somebody on the freeway, whatever. You're going to be in that judgment place in that very you know, prison of human emotions um, and judgments and beliefs of those things that separate us. And, and also witnessing that I can release myself and this other person from this prison if I just drop in. And this is where spirituality comes in. It says, what is this teaching me? What can I learn in this moment? How can I stop, pause, breathe, reset? And I love how you say that is let me just see this person through the eyes of God in this moment. And I might need to step back. It might take more than a moment. It might take <laughs> yeah, it took a, takes a, a while, few especially for those aggressors in our life, for those villains in our life, where we've been on the receiving end of, you know, some very serious physical, sexual, yeah. or emotional pain. And 
coming to forgiveness is like, nah, -uh. and you know, in order to love ourselves and in order to come to forgiveness, that whole process of that spiritual connection is, those are the only gateways that are going to help us to heal. And it's not about bypassing what they did is okay, but holding space for our human emotions and then see them. I did this with my father have, you know, many times to see him as a wounded little boy, you know, why he yeah. would physically abuse me. I couldn't get it. I couldn't get it. And I, and I couldn't understand why everybody was protecting him. You know, it's like, well, you know, that's just how he was raised and all of that. And, you know, it took me many years and it's still an unraveling process to be able to sit with the human experience of, ouch, you hurt me and you're not supposed to do that. And all of my little, little girl emotions that got stuffed because they never got processed and to, to rise above and see hurt people hurt people. And to see him as a little yeah. boy that got hurt. And also for me as a grown woman to stand and say, no, you yeah. cannot do this to my inner child. She does not deserve this. This is about your emotions. I'm no longer holding responsibility in my physical, emotional, or energetic body for your emotional pain and how you used me to express it. No. I am no longer holding that. I let it go. And I let us both go from holding that pain. And I, you know, I forgive you. I don't want to hold you in that any longer. And I also forgive myself for holding it for decades and not saying no and, and going through that process of healing. But I, ha I have to have that spiritual connection in order to come to that. And also that, that confidence to say no. All of the chakras actually need to be on board and lit up in order for that to happen. I know I can feel that no comes from like an alignment, a truth, but it comes from the gut too, that emotional like power. And I think in a lot of ways we associate um, anger with aggression, not recognizing that there is clean anger. Anger is the me too movement. Anger That's is what transforms worlds. Anger changes worlds, but it can be compassionate. I mean, for me, a boundary is love. A boundary saying this isn't okay is love. That's telling someone how to actually love you. And I see um, a lot of this, uh, like we are often people when they come to my Instagram or they come to uh, when I work with people, there's this idea of like processing an apology they need or a, a betrayal or something like that when we're not really thinking about our own betrayals and our own, not only within ourselves, because those are evident in order to be betrayed outside of you, you usually betrayed yourself first uh, in not using your voice and not speaking up. But it's interesting that like, we don't think about the apologies that people might be waiting for from us. I find that that's very true. Like there's, I started to just sort of do a Rolodex through my life and my history that, <laughs> that when you take responsibility, you're all of a sudden like, well, shit. I got some emails to send or some messages to fire or some, you know, some calls to make. And I've never had, you know, I, I think when you apologize, ex expecting someone to respond in a certain way, that's conditional. Right. And that's also about, you know, you haven't forgiven yourself and you're not in that place of expecting ex acceptance because mm. I did this with my father. I, I came to him and I apologized. It didn't matter whether I, it, I was 2% or, 50% of the equation. And it doesn't matter if it was in response to his whatever. I took accountability and I just said, hey, I'm sorry. 
that I responded this way to you. I'm sorry that I hurt you with my words. I'm sorry that I judged you. I'm sorry. And you have to, this is, there's no way I couldn't have, could have done that, Mark, had I not been doing my spiritual work and be able to embody um, a level of calm, peace, like wholeness and centeredness. Because if my inner child or my angry teenager was saying, I'm sorry, then I still, then I'm going to trigger him. And I'm also looking for safety and I'm looking for him to respond in a way that I've always wanted him to respond. And Mm -hmm. I need to be accountable for that in that way. And just be able to say, Hey, I'm being accountable for my part. And I have the strength due to my spiritual practices and my own core healing and my own reclaiming of my self-identity to not take on your emotional response as my own because you can respond as, I'm sorry, or you damn right you did that to me, which is what he did, yeah. <laughs> which I wasn't expecting. He wow. was like, yeah, and you did this and you did that. And I was like, okay, stay in my calm center. Stay connected to the divine grace. It's not about him apologizing. It's about me holding space for him receiving my apology. And he might not receive it, but at least yeah. I've spoken it. And I've stopped that's the pattern. The, that's, the, that's the break. Yeah. That's the, it's about self-expression, not about the reception of self-expression. And, exactly. And I've stopped the pattern of not taking accountability for my part. doesn't matter if it's 2% or 92%. I at least did the adult thing here, which I was waiting for him to do. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to adult here. I'm going to do the appropriate thing and I'm going to take accountability for the fact that, you know what? I landed some really lethal daggers right hit into his heart as well. And guess what? He had heart problems. Guess what? Like that is, that is not a coincidence that my dad had congestive heart problems and you know, a a valve, Valve. you know, and high blood pressure and all of that. And so what this is about is that level of accountability of going through and saying, Hey, I'm sorry that I didn't have better consciousness or that I didn't have a better response for you. I'm sorry. You didn't deserve that. And you just, they may hang up on you. They may restraining order you. They may say, I don't ever want to talk to you again, but at least you have, even if just a prayer you're sending over, even if it's just a blessing you send through the ethers that, you know, if, if there's distance or this person has, you're not in touch with them, or if they have left the body, they're, 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 you know, an angel now, whatever, that you can even just send that blessing that says, hey, I'm sorry, I, 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 I wasn't able to be there for you in a way that you deserved. And, and a lot of people won't know what to do with that. And you, you get to also have that spiritual presence and embodiment that says, and they can lash out and that's okay. It's, it's yeah. not about yeah, that I to having that. a clear boundary. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because it's like the the transition goes from how you feel about me does, is it's how I feel about me, and that's that reclaiming of heart. That it's interesting, right? Because it's always about coming back to truth. Right. It's always about coming back to who you are. And you know, I remember my friend saying, uh, Vienna Farron saying, "The victory is in the process, not the outcome." Yeah, and it really being about that 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 it's the it's the it's the changing of the way you show right. up. That's the victory. And because it, as you were saying, there's so many people who might be past that we want to talk yeah. to 
um, that we need to forgive. There might be someone who's not safe to actually have a conversation with. So I want anyone listening to not, because very often for people in the abuser cycle to justify another reason, oh, I need to apologize. No, you already know if that's putting you in harm. Don't do that. Um, And so this, I want people to know where to start with that if someone's not available, right? right. Because that's, that's because I think of, about like a lot of people have passed, you know, right. and, and maybe an abuser's dead now. Right. And then how, estranged how do you, or, you know, it was somebody not that, safe to you talk know, to. I was, ad- you know, somebody was adopted because of an abuse and they, you know, it's, it's a blocked record, whatever the reason, um, you can, this is where, this is where the spiritual practice comes in. Everything that you're talking about is, spirituality in the individual form of doing your work, being accountable, and also um, being in that forgiveness place and learning, moving into the heart center, you know, as you do your healing and you hold space for your inner child to rage or, you know, be upset or be grief. And I've done a lot of processing of like, ah, really intense. I love that. I I support people through that a lot of saying, let's get the venom out so that then we can find the sweetness that is, is your natural truth. Um, Yes. And and then, then we can come up to the heart and we're not bypassing and we can be in that compassionate space that says, now I get to practice through my connection to the divine of demonstrating, and it's going to stretch my heart so wide. It's going to be so challenging for me at times to hold compassion for this person that I am apologizing to that is apologizing to that is still coming with venom and blame. And I'm getting to practice. Yeah. They are giving me the opportunity to either take the hook and the bait and, you know, fail mm-hmm. the test. Um, which then we are like, okay, I take, I took the bait and the hook and I failed the test. Let me go back and study the test and, you know, try it again. Let me study. You don't start start over. over And and it will be given to you maybe by somebody with a different haircut. Maybe somebody else will give you. (laughs) (laughs) Or the same person will get a haircut. the same person will come back or in a different form, whatever. And so I think that that is the journey um, of learning how to hold space of compassion for when you do take the bait and you fall and you, try it again or you know and to stretch in that place that that forgives them for they know not what they did and forgive yourself as well and um i think that that is the process when somebody has passed or is not accessible is to go into that space just like you said hey let me connect in your case on an airplane you're like what would how would christ see this person or god or whatever so whether, you know, whatever that is for you, maybe that's an angel on the other side, maybe that's your higher self, maybe that's a tree, maybe that's an eagle, maybe that's an angel, a great grandmother that's over there that says, hey, help me to access love here. This is where I go to a lot of my training for qualities that I wasn't raised with, Mark, is in that meditation place of saying, hey, show me how to be patient because I wasn't raised with patient patience. Show me how to be respond with grace because I was responded with aggression and that's what I know. So teach me how to do this. And if that is my intention, 
then I'm going to have the opportunity if I repeat that and if I feel what grace feels like in the body, then I have the availability to practice that. Even if it's uncomfortable, it's like writing with the other hand. None of us knew how to ride a bike. None of us knew how to write, but we did it through practice. And love and compassion and being present and witnessing and allowing is also a process that we get to practice. And so in that, we get to invoke once we are in that place of feeling graceful and connected. And I actually guide people through this in the healing, in my healing sessions when we need to forgive somebody. Yeah. I'll bring in that person that they don't want to, you know, to deal <laughs> with because that is their journey. That is part of their soul's journey is to come to understand the lesson here and to come to forgiveness um, and to to, to find who they are again. That's how they reclaim their truth and their innocence. And um, their power is, is, to, is to meet that person. And in the etheric realm, meaning if they're past or transitioned, then you summon their essence and realize that their essence in that place, especially even if they are still in the physical form and, and it's not safe, will then summon their higher self, the part of them that is conscious and loving and that has played this role for you. And have the conversation at that level, not at the human level. Have the conversation yeah. at the spirit level where my higher self is talking to your higher self and I'm sorry, and I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. I didn't mean to hurt you. I love you. I love you. And so when we take all of that out of the way, we actually get to feel that in that relationship, whether it was with a father or a partner or a, a best friend, that underneath all of that unconscious behavior on both sides was love and that the human didn't know how to express it. And that we get to feel that exchange of forgiveness and, and love at the etheric level and at the spirit level and that we get to bring it in it actually helps us to heal at the physical level it actually rewires the heart it rewires the nervous system it helps the 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 inner child feel safe again so we're actually bringing that spiritual experience all the way down into the physical body helping the visceral physical emotional energetic and and, and heart healing to happen at the physical level yeah, I think it's a, so much about learning how to put the bag down, learning how to not carry that pain so it keeps following you through with right. emotion, physical ailments, with all the things that show up. I love how you explain all the interconnections <laughs> in a way that's consumable because, you know, I grew up in the basically the Texas of Canada <laughs> and, in Alberta. And, you know, I remember the first time someone said chakra, I was like, uh, okay there pothead mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. like let's calm down there hippie pants and i had a hard time being open to the conversation uh but then when i was just blown away by just sort of the correlations it was because i think i resisted it from i was a resistant to spirituality at that time because i'd been wounded by with the weaponization of spirituality for sure and so I love that you make this so consumable. I love that you can bridge so many planes of human patterns with spiritual patterns. And um, your gifts are plentiful. That's <laughs> thank you. So, uh, so thank you for sharing this. I, I would love for people to know where they can... Um, I know you have a gift for people and also where people can find you and all that. Yes. Jazz. Well, shamangelichealing.com is where you can find me. I guess it'll be in the show notes or something. Yeah, we'll link it all and out. And 
you know, I'm here in Sedona to help people if they need a physical person to actually go deep into their process. I find that the chakra system is a helpful diagnostic tool, kind of like a chiropractor is saying that vertebrae is out and that vertebrae is out to be able to say there's some emotional thing here, you're not speaking your truth, and to be able to help people understand how to then learn how to identify in the future, what chakra energy center might be out of balance because a physical ailment is showing up or an emotion is showing up. And that if these patterns keep repeating, it's probably because of some, you know, a knock on the door is being, being ignored or we don't know how to answer it. And so that's what I do is kind of help guide people through a very individual journey of you know, understanding who they are and getting to know who they are and realigning and reclaiming who they are at a true core self, you know, soul level. And so I want to give a gift of a chakra balancing guided visualization that kind of helps people, you know, it's like an 18 minute journey that they can listen to before they go to bed or in the morning to kind of I'm excited to do yeah. that. Yeah. And um, of course, listen to our, you know, I have a whole podcast called the Shamangelic Healing Podcast. Right. Mark is on it. And so, so is Kylie. So is Kylie. Yeah, we're both. Kylie's going to be on it. And so um, this, I think this will come out right before our show comes out. And so, um, but you'll link to my podcast. And then yeah. we had a wonderful uh, conversation about, relationship avoiding relationship chaos and so there's a lot of fantastic free information on the podcast and then i where did they get the gift um, so the link the link is going to be in the show notes okay okay cool i got it i got Um, it and the the pot and that and then also there'll be a discount if you want to come to the empowerment and awakening weekend october 3rd through the 6th right here in sedona and um that's a wonderful weekend you learn all about the chakras clear boundaries conscious relationship spiritual connection you know manifestation it's a whole weekend kind of 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 course learning that is packed with tools that's october 3rd through the 6th and i'll give a discount for those listeners that want to join me in September for that. So, um, and how do they get the discount? Um, the same thing. Um, that's the, that's the code. Yeah. The, the link. link. Oh, the, code. the link okay. will give them Perfect. to the free gift and then discounts for coaching and all of that. Because you know what? You and I deeply care about people that are struggling where it, whatever, you know, it, it shows up in the relationship space for the people that you're working with a lot. Um, it shows up in lots of different ways for people that knock on the door here. And I just want people to find their shine and follow their soul's path. Yeah. And so Shamangelic Healing, I'm all over, you know, internet, social media, Anahata Ananda. You know, I'm here to help, inspire, and and, and heal and awaken people at a deep core level. And it's, it's just been a blast. And well, thank you for being oh, for on. sure. I'm so, I'm so honored, and I love, love, love everything that you're doing. Your podcast, your show, your IGTV. Like, I'm so grateful. It's just such honest, real, you know, valid truth and um, inspiring, liberating uh, uh, conversations that you are bringing to the table. So, thank you for doing, um, following your soul's path, for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And I think this will be absolutely one of those conversations that will hopefully, ideally, will act, actually help a lot of yeah. people. Yeah, really yeah. For yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the well, journey continues. So and just sending blessings to everybody listening. If you're still listening, that's because there is something that really landed for you here. And, and we both invite you to take the time away to just ask some of those questions about how am I doing? 
you know, what needs attention here and to just pause. And part of the spiritual practice is self-inquiry. And so carve out some time away from all of the distractions and to just, we invite you to start this journey of self-inquiry because that's where it begins. Amen. I mean, hey, people. <laughs> hey, all. Have a great day, everybody. And thanks. Love. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If this episode resonated with you, one of the best ways to support the show is to go subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any more. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to it, or share the episode with your community on Instagram or whatever social place you like to hang out. This helps get it into more people's ears, and I'm so grateful for your support, always. Thanks again for tuning in. Much love.